Today's episode of Little Pot That Could is brought to you, as always, by Clarity Media. Clarity Media is a full-service digital photography company. If you want to check out some of the stuff they're doing or you would like to get scheduled for family photos, uh, naturescapes, senior photos, weddings, whatever you've got, uh, get into their DMs at Clarity Media on Instagram, and that is Clarity with a K underscore media. We're also brought to you by Rescued Heroes. It's a business I help run. Uh, we basically raise money. We sell stickers, raise money to give to shelters and rescues. You can check it out at iloverescuedheroes.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, at Rescued Heroes. Um, so, yeah, we post stuff every day, just funny stuff, heartwarming stuff, stuff to make you think. So go ahead and check those out on social media platforms and then go buy a couple stickers. In today's episode of The Little Pod That Could, my guest is James Popolo. He's a world champion black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, at the no-gi level. He has medals, both gi and non-gi. He also owns Salem-Kaiser Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. They have two locations here in the Salem area, one in Kaiser, one in Salem. Um, and, you know, he's just a guy who has been competing at the highest levels for a long, long time. And the first part of the interview, if you like martial arts, if you like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're going to eat up the stuff that we talk about in there. Uh, it's all related to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, his training, um, just the mindset and how he approaches training now and how it's evolved over time. And then the second part of the interview is more focused on business and entrepreneurship. But there's really a lot of good stuff in all of it, regardless of what you're interested in i thought you know it's rare that you have a chance to talk to someone who's had such sustained success um in his chosen career path and what he's passionate about so uh there's a lot of good stuff i think in there to be gained and without further ado here's james All right, welcome to Little Pod That Could. I've got a very special guest today, Mr. James Pompolo. He's in the buildings, a black belt uh, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Also has belts in other disciplines too, which we'll talk about. Um, but James, thanks for being here. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. And the first thing I did want to talk about because I sort of want to just to framework of what we're going to do. I want to talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu martial arts kind of first because I think there'll be a lot of like jits heads that'll be down and they're going to want to hear that section of it and then i kind of want to talk about some business stuff too and sort of how how that evolved as well so that people if they want to listen to certain sections they can kind of jump around and see what they they've got there so definitely but there's going to be a number of entrepreneurs that maybe aren't super familiar with brazilian jiu-jitsu and what that is so if you could maybe just give like a brief overview of what that is because i think sometimes people can have different ideas of oh, what yeah. that is. oh yeah there's <laughs> a lot of misconceptions i think so it's a martial arts uh from Brazil, it originally originated in Japan, and there was a famous jiu-jitsu master who uh, immigrated to Brazil, and there was a senator who uh, helped him get into the country, and so he, in return, trained his sons, so that is the Gracie family, a lot of people are familiar with them, uh, and so they kind of took Japanese jiu-jitsu and 
basically just built onto it and that's what's kind of brazilian jiu-jitsu and so i would say uh to sum it up it's a grappling art so a lot of people if you've never seen martial arts the wrestling is probably the the easiest thing to think of it like uh but there's also submissions so in jiu-jitsu your goal is to control your opponent so take them to the ground uh using a takedown and then from there try to get around their legs because legs are powerful people can kick and those sort of things from there you're trying to pin your opponent control them there's various ways to do that uh, and then the ultimate is to get the submission so that's like checkmate so there's different ways to bend people's arms and legs the wrong way or uh, more famously to choke people which sounds horrible but uh, it's actually really safe uh, once you get into it and uh, it's it's fun it's a cool thing uh, for a, a lot of our our practitioners been doing it for a while and you hear a lot about the jiu-jitsu lifestyle so it's a way to improve yourself uh physically mentally and uh it's super fun so yeah and speaking of the gracie family is sort of the origin of the ufc is that sort of how you got into because you kind of were around like i remember in 93 this stoner kid in my he was a senior in my sophomore uh biology class he was like bro i saw the craziest things people were fighting in a cage i was like wait what and so i went down and rented the but is that kind of how you got into the ufc and how you got into brazilian jiu-jitsu as well yeah that actually um that was. I always played traditional sports growing up, basketball, football, those sort of things. And uh, I, it wasn't really something that I think was super important at the time, but I had seen the early UFCs with my dad. I was probably 13 at the time, 14, uh, and I didn't really think much about it. I was playing other sports, and I just – whatever, I thought it was cool and, like, interesting and then kind of knew, oh, jiu-jitsu is the best because – uh, Hoist Gracie was winning all the fights and beating the other martial artists. And uh, so I kind of knew that and kind of planted some seeds. I'd only seen maybe the first couple. Um, and so I didn't really think more of it until I got done playing sports. I was getting out of high school. I went to U of O and there I was kind of just searching for what was next. Still wanted to be an athlete. Uh, what am I going to do to challenge myself? And I talked to my dad and I, I told him I wanted to box. And he was like, oh, I really don't want to see you get punched and uh, so you should see if they have jiu-jitsu and I was like that's right I forgot about jiu-jitsu all right jiu-jitsu is the best or whatever and I'm thinking back to those UFCs and so I checked out the rec schedule at U of O and they had a jiu-jitsu class uh, and so my first classes uh, in jiu-jitsu I was going once a week down to the University of Oregon and it was pretty much love at first sight first class was just like this is amazing this is for me um, just kind of I'd say a lot of what I was looking for as an athlete uh, it's an individual pursuit but you have a team and uh, it's obviously the physical part of it but a lot of the mental side of it a lot of strategy the technique the development um, and so the first, I would say six months or so, I was not, I wasn't going crazy yet. I was still just training a once, once or twice a week for an hour during the classes. And then about six months in, I, uh, decided I wanted to kind of take it to the next level. The person who was teaching the classes down there, Ryan Kelly, he owned a gym in town in Eugene. And so I went down there for my first class. Uh, outside of the university and once I had done that then it just kind of went crazy where I was basically going to class and doing jiu-jitsu and not really much else so my college experience was definitely different I wasn't really partying or doing anything like that it was pretty much just nerding out on jiu-jitsu uh, and trying to make sure my grades were good enough that I wasn't getting hassled uh, and that was it so I was training probably two times a week or two times a day five days a week pretty early on wow while you were in school yeah 
Interesting. Yeah. And because I did hear you mention that in a different interview, you had said, you know, I didn't party at all. So, because and, and knowing you a little bit, I know, like, when you say that, like, that it's true. Like, you mean yeah. that. So, I'm wondering, though, like, did you ever, like, did you ever, like, do fun stuff? Like, were you ever partying or, like, did you oh, ever sure. give yourself a break? To, oh, so, yeah. it wasn't, like, just no, 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 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, when you're saying you were training twice a day, and going to school you were training twice a day oh yeah oh yeah yeah it was definitely like it started it was yeah i would say probably six months in it would just once i kind of got the bug it just happened and yeah i mean i would still i would i would say my college experience was fairly typical but it was definitely uh, yeah i wasn't like some of like it wasn't a a scene in a movie or anything like that (laughs) i was partying all the time i would say a little bit but yeah i was i was pretty focused definitely it it took a hold of me for sure and i and i remember you kind of said yeah people would say hey do you want to go out tonight and you're like no i gotta train in the morning so on a percentage scale like how many times when people are asking you out are you are you saying no 80 percent of the time because you have to train or like what was yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm just yeah. trying to understand because <laughs> people are people are gonna say, "Well, how do I get to that level? Like, how do I get to that spot?" So I'm saying, like, okay, do we have to turn down the fun ten times out of ten or eight out of like what? No, was I don't of- think. Yeah, I think especially we were kind of talking about that earlier. I think when you get older, you understand like everything's about balance. Um, and I'd say I was out of balance at that time. Like, I, I don't. Th- I think that that was just like I was probably yeah doing it too much focused on it too much um once I really yeah got into it and decided it was what I wanted to do um but yeah I would say like a typical week I don't know how often people are going out in college but uh maybe once a week I'm going out with my friends like it was definitely like again probably yeah it was just it was it was too much but I guess it's it's led me here and uh and was it one of those things when you're out you're like crap I gotta get home because I gotta train you know is it did that ever impact like, yeah yeah, yeah definitely thinking so about yeah back. like I'm not gonna have 10 drinks tonight because I know I gotta train in the morning type thing yeah for sure okay. for sure it was it was on my mind a lot I would say yeah yeah, yeah. and then something else I kind of thought about because with some of the stuff we were talking about before we got started too is can you remember back to either your first day at the rec class or the first time six months in you come to the gym and you're kind of feeling that because we were talking about sometimes when you first try something new like so someone walks into the academy today and they've never tried jujitsu before they're gonna feel a little uneasy about what's happening and there's all this stuff going on and everyone else seems to kind of understand what's happening and they're gonna like do you remember feeling that I think it was different um I think there was a a little bit of that but I think also in that class, it was Jiu-Jitsu 101, so everyone else is brand new. Everyone's a white belt. Like, no one had a gi. So it was like you're just there and no one so else. It's a different kind of. Yeah, and we were kind of talking about that with what we're trying to do is make it so that we're we're trying to cater to the, the people who are brand, brand new as best we can. And we're actually kind of starting. We're changing what, our format a little bit about how we're trying to onboard people into the academy and trying to do like a little six-week mini course to get them prepared to jump into the fundamental class because our fundamental classes we try to keep those to people who've been training less than a year but even someone who's been training nine months and you're walking in your first day like that can be super intimidating so um yeah so we're trying to kind of like have a little mini course where everyone's brand new get six weeks of just those basics the movements the kind of the philosophies the concepts getting comfortable with the academy and then going into that next class so you kind of have your feet wet a little bit um because yeah it's definitely i mean it's intimidating anytime you're trying to take on something new uh and i think the the biggest thing i know they talk about the beginner's mind is is i think if you're feeling that feeling you you got to go towards it you don't want to run away from it like oh this is uncomfortable because 
any great journey, of course, like you want to start something new, you want to become uh, a better version of yourself somehow. There's going to there's going to be that. I don't know how you wouldn't because if you've never if you've never done something before, there's going to be that awkwardness, there's going to be that uh, that level of trepidation, but I think pushing through that is is super important. But obviously, we're here as a business to try to make people feel as comfortable as possible in that transition because it's not an easy thing and we recognize that. So well, and that actually, it's like your segue, and like I, we planned this ahead of time, and we didn't. I promise. Uh, that brings me to my next question. One of the those interviews you were talking about the first time that you trained with the blue belt, and um, you know, you were like, "Oh my gosh!" It was like the the craziest experience. And you said you had this moment where you either run away from it or you run to it, and you just kind of mentioned that. And so, I guess my question is, what do you do when you get to that point to make sure you run to it? And then also, do you think you can develop that over time? Like, is there a way to like, because what you're really saying is like, you're, you have to be able to force yourself to be uncomfortable. And that's not, it goes against human nature. So how do you, how have you, how do you build that in? And is there a way to strengthen that, that muscle? Yeah, I definitely, I think that is something that just, I've learned from jujitsu. I think that, you know, but that feeling before you have a match there's this nervousness. There's there's that fear of the unknown, um, and I think it's it's a similar thing. So, and that's where one of the things I try to talk to parents about is like, you know, your 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 child if they're feeling anxious or nervous before they get on the mat, um, that's not a bad thing, because they're going to be anxious and nervous before they have a job interview. They're going to be anxious and nervous before they have to have a difficult conversation with someone. Um, you're gonna you're gonna be feeling that similar feeling. I've kind of started to understand like, oh, this is this is that. You know, and like, again, like, I just think it's, it's kind of a mental thing of when you feel that feeling, you, yeah, it's like, okay, I, I have to, I have to do this now. Like almost try to tell myself when I, oh, I don't want to do this. Okay. Now I have to do this. I went bungee jumping with my sister and, uh, I'm very afraid of heights. And, uh, I think that a lot of things in life are kind of that way. Whereas it's like, I really didn't want to do it. Um, and it was not very fun. Uh, but I did it. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like a, a similar lesson. Um, it's just like kind of pushing through it. And I think the more you get used to that and the more you kind of understand that, you know, the reward f- is on the other side of that, you know. So so otherwise you're kind of always constantly like you get to that point where something big could happen and then, no, I don't want to do that. And I think the more you kind of step back, the more you're missing out on those opportunities. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's there's got to be a – you got to kind of reflect on it. Is this something like, is this dangerous or this like, you know, those are obviously different feelings than like, Oh, I'm nervous because, you know, but I think again, like those are the sort of things, whatever, you're going to ask for a raise. You're going to, you're going to do, you know, if you're unhappy with the way your situation is like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to face that or you're just kind of going down the road in the same way. uh, And that obviously isn't going to lead you to where you want to be in the end. You know, if you have this vision of who you want to be, you're going to have to face that. That's going to be part of it. We were talking about the hero's journey. That's part of the hero's journey is like being uncomfortable with that and just embracing that feeling, I think. So I guess I I want to know, like, do you have like a specific strategy for you're like, okay, here's this thing that I know I should do, but I don't want to do. Do you have like something that you do to like push yourself over the edge or like, or is it just now such a mindset thing that you've been doing for so long that it's just sort of ingrained or... Yeah, I think I think there obviously is I think even thinking about like pros and cons, you know, or thinking about like 
okay, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? If I do do this, what's going to happen? Um, and that's an easy way if you're kind of thinking about, yeah, like what, what's the, what's the gain from this? Cause sometimes obviously we're like, well, this is, you know, there's, I could get rejected or I could go out there. I could look bad. I could say something stupid or whatever it is, whatever the pursuit is. Uh, so I think if you can think of the pros and cons, that's definitely important. You know, like what, what is the reward from this? Or, you know, what is the worst that could happen? Oh, I'll be embarrassed. People forget about it, right? They'll be on their phone thinking about something else 10 minutes later. And, and again, I think that I forget where I think obviously it's kind of cliche, but you know, like people are worried about their own lives. And we were kind of talking about that people, they're not really worried, you know, whatever there there's so many things that are going on having to pay bills having to like manage being an adult that like and and at the end of the day i think also people want to see you succeed so uh, i know just yeah if i'm thinking about jujitsu someone coming in like the other people that are there they all have been there they all know that feeling and so they want you to succeed they want to see you push through it and again like when you're feeling that satisfaction of like facing the fact that you did do what you wanted to do that's such an amazing I think I think that's what makes life worth living you know it's like facing those moments and like pushing through and be you know becoming a better version of yourself where like I didn't know I could do that and I did it that's I think about as satisfying as anything in life Hmm. okay and you've had kind of an interesting jujitsu journey as far as like the types of coaches that I don't know if you like it was intentional for you to run into these guys and have them help you, but I mean, I was looking back at like just the lineage of the guys. It's not like you're saying, "Oh, well, yeah, I'm part of Lovato Association and the Haberos." Like I'm, you know, it's like those guys have actually trained you. You know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. So I was kind of wondering, you know, you've been around such high achievers as well as with coaching. I kind of was. I have a list of the a couple of the guys you've worked with, and I kind of wanted to see just shoot rapid fire at you and see like what do you what do you remember most like them teaching you or like an example that they showed something that you were like oh man you kind of took from them yeah so the first Let's one is solo yeah so um, definitely uh, a certain type of intensity that's uh, I think he kind of talks about like embracing your dark side a little bit. And, uh, I think it's similar. He, he's almost more like an emotional level. Uh, and I think a lot of what I've taken from him, obviously certain, I mean, technically second to none, like the way he views jujitsu, uh, from that side of things. But I think more of the way he views the emotional side of jujitsu and the way he can get into your head. I, I love having him in my corner to coach me because just the way, the ability to kind of like get in your mind and this is what you need to, this is the way you need to view uh, this match or uh, this situation and a lot of times just simple just like all right I want you to go like I don't want you to think about this I want you to just attack and like okay let's do this you know because sometimes I can get in my own head where I'm like thinking uh, and kind of almost can make it so I'm not going as fast or I'm not as confident in what I'm doing because I'm thinking about oh well this person does this or that or the other and it's like no like you go you attack you take you take the opportunity um so yeah definitely uh a, anyone who's spent time with solo and knows about jiu-jitsu uh, just the a, a true master, a true master of the art. Like on the uh, you know one of the one of the the minds of jujitsu that is again second to none as, as far as technical and and uh, just the way he views it. It's it's pretty amazing. Okay, what about Shanji? Shanji, <laughs> Shanji is a funny guy. He's obviously one of the most decorated. A lot of people would put him in the category of being the goat. Um, he's, he's on the short list yeah, for he's sure. On a very short list. I don't think anyone would put him outside of the top five. And, uh, and we're talking all time, all time, like, yeah. all time. One of the greats. 
Um, and I think the thing about him is just the jiu-jitsu lifestyle comes through. It just, I think when, when you think of the definition of, the, if you can think of the coolest person you've ever met, he's cooler, right? He just so humble, so humble, but like the perfect balance of like, obviously the confidence in himself uh, and like a very uh, interesting, I think, because a lot of times I don't think we always like to look at our faults. We don't like to look at ourselves and it's hard to be honest with yourself sometimes where it's like, uh, you know, why did this not go the way I wanted? Well, maybe I wasn't taking care of this, 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 you know. Uh, and I think he's someone I've seen him come off the mat and I've talked to him about matches later on. And he was just so honest about what went right, what went wrong, what he needs to adjust. Um, but like I said, like just this balance um, and just like super fun guy, mellow, but uh, as bad as it gets, just like the, the jiu-jitsu is, is fantastic. So I think that's uh, – I think the biggest thing kind of wrapping that up from, from Shanji, the big takeaway is just like being comfortable in your own skin. You know, it's like being you. And you don't have to be, you don't have to apologize for, for being you, uh, you know, as long as you're treating people the right way and you're, you know, imp- you're trying to improve yourself and do that, like be you. Hmm. Okay. What about Rafael Lovato? <laughs> Lovato, uh, I would just say just the biggest thing I've taken away from him is just the grind. You know, it's just like, if you want to get somewhere, you got to be consistent. You got to be working. You got to be putting in the effort. You got to be seeking out, uh, obviously, that's why these guys are on the list is I sought them out. Like, I want to be the best. I got to learn from the best. Uh, and getting connected with these guys has, has, has been huge for my career. But, um, yeah, I would just say, like, someone who's so dedicated to his dreams that, like, just blinders. Nothing is going to get in that bubble. I want to be successful. I want this as my goal. Uh, and that's why I've seen him because I've been on I, – I, he's been my main instructor for at least 10 years now. And uh, he – just watching him from 10 years ago to where he just won the Bellator right. middleweight uh, yeah. title. Yeah, it's what, worked out pretty well ago. for him. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's proven that he is one of the best martial artists in, in the world. And uh, it's, yeah, just kind of witnessing it happen is has been amazing. And I think that's the thing is just like if you have something in your mind that you want to achieve and you stay true to that and you stay dedicated to it, it can happen is he's definitely an example of that. And I, I think that's like a big thing I, I take away from him is just like, you got to show up and do the work and it can happen. Hmm. Okay. And then one of your uh, strength coaches, Luke Tyree. Yeah. Luke Tyree. Definitely. Uh, I think the big thing I've, I've learned from Luke is just like trying to just break everything down to to its barest parts and just being super technical and and also understanding the idea of like strength as a skill um you know i think a lot of people are just getting out there and just throwing weights around and oh, i lifted you know this much more but it's like well, maybe you used horrible form and you know it's like kind of stripping your ego down to what is the purpose of my training and like really what it comes down to is being healthy being strong as long as you can. And uh, his approach is definitely really, really cool. Um, definitely a lot of, like I said, just focusing on strength as a skill, as something that's going to be developed over time, a long-term vision, um, which I also am really big on. You know, it's like the result, short-term results are, are hard to come by and sometimes are at the sacrifice of long-term results. So he's definitely someone who's, who's like that, like lifestyle, uh, be strong, be healthy, eat well, just uh, all the fundamentals. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then lastly, what about Dewey Nielsen, yeah. who you're working with now? <laughs> Dewey's, Dewey's awesome. Uh, I think the big thing I've taken from him is just the vibe, just like a, just a cool guy um, and obviously world-class in what he does. And I think definitely another person who's even like furthered that idea of health being the main goal of the training. Um, and, and a big thing that he's changed for me is a, a lot of cardio training long long uh periods 45 minutes to an hour something i never did before it was like all sprints and he's like uh, he's very into the science of things and you know what does the data say uh and i think for me just kind of removing a layer of rigidity where i'm like all right i have to do this 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 you know and it's kind of like yeah you can have a candy bar I'm like okay cool you know it's like sometimes you get in your mind like oh, i i have to i have to be so dedicated to what i'm doing that i remember i'd be uh, when I was younger, I, I would like kind of almost deprive, uh, deprive myself of things. And, uh, but then later on want to just like, you just thinking about, Oh, I can't, whatever. Yeah. I can't have a treat. And it's like, Oh, and then I'm just like fixated on it. And he's like, yeah, just, you know, have it. You're, you know, it's like balance and, uh, definitely a, a, a good approach for me at this point in my life for sure. Cause I think, um, I'm trying to do this for the long haul. I want to be competing adult. Uh, black belt for as long as I can. I'm 33 now, um, but I feel better than ever because I feel like I have really, really good coaches. And Dewey is, yeah, one of those guys who I think just on a physical, and mental side of things, just put him, put me in a good place where just kind of not overworking, not underworking, just the right. Because I think instead of trying to grind now, I'm I'm trying to optimize. I'm trying to optimize. So yeah, he's he's been very instrumental. His last I've been working with him for about a year and a half. So. Yeah, and I want to circle back to the training here, but to follow up on kind of this question of what you've learned from all these guys, it's kind of a, what would you hope that people have learned from you? Wow, that's a good question. Because, um, yeah, being a being a teacher is is a very interesting pursuit. Uh, I used to teach middle school math. When we met, I was, I was teaching in a public school, uh, and that was a very, very important, part of my life. I taught for four years. I was doing jiu-jitsu the whole time and I'd opened the business two years uh, into my teaching career. So it was kind of crazy, but uh, that was a very, very important time. And uh, then shifting because people ask me what I do. And then it's kind of like, well, I'm a martial artist. Am I a business owner? You know, what am I? And I think at the end of the day, like, I think my profession is I'm a teacher. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing I want the people taking away from an experience here or an experience with me is just some positivity and uh just some self-improvement and just that lifelong learning and uh I think that's the thing is the world is obviously crazy and chaotic and there's a lot of negativity and and I think that's the thing is like I want people to come here and feel like they're part of the family I want them to to feel relaxed I want them to leave better than they came with a smile and uh, I think that's that's pretty much my my goal as a teacher um, is just that consistency of I'm I'm here and like that's why I tell my students every day I was saying that when I was in middle school let's make it a great day let's make it a great day you know like we have a choice let's get after it let's have fun and uh, I think that's kind of what I hope to give you know is just uh, some positive energy to my students and I hope that that filters out into the community um, cause I think there is, yeah, there's just a lot of negativity about where the world is at. And I think that's when I think about that, like if you're doing something for a kid, you're not going to be as negative. 
because you're doing something that's impacting the future. So I love teaching the adults, but the kids is definitely my passion where I just, I know how important uh, the education that jujitsu, uh, it, what it can bring to a child. And uh, so I think that's, yeah, I want them, I want them to definitely do it for a long time and enjoy it and just better themselves. That's, that's the goal. Okay. And I had special requests to ask specifically about your training and uh, nutrition stuff, just because, you know, I mean, it is, it's rare that people can just talk to a world-class performer. So, I mean, it is something that people are interested in. Even, I would say, entrepreneurs, people that aren't doing, they're just curious to know, like, how are you maintaining the healthy lifestyle that you're trying to, to really achieve? So, my first question is, how did you get connected with Dewey? Because, you know, like I, when we were training, I was telling you, hey, you should go see him. And then I, I see you on Instagram there. I'm like, yes, yeah, I was stoked that you were there. So, but how did that all come about? And then, like, what does that training look like for you on a day-to-day basis? Um, and is he giving you stuff? Are you training only with him? Or is he giving you stuff to do on your own? Or how does all that work? Yeah, I would say that he's kind of built the foundation of my program. I've been, yeah, I've been pretty much doing double days since, like I said, six months into it. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 14 and a half years now. So it's been it's been a while. Uh and so uh, this last year and a half, I've been working with him. Uh, and I think this, the switch is for him is just like uh, – because I, I, I was working with Luke, which he's fantastic. We were working together. I think having someone local is super important, someone that you can talk to on a regular basis. Um, and I think that was the thing um, with, with Dewey. Is, and, and also I think his approach to mobility – uh, I'm very into that because I want my joints to work, <laughs> you know, and jujitsu is something where you can end up having problems if you're not taking care of yourself. And I was having some pretty serious back issues. So that's kind of what prompted me to, to go see him was like, how do I fix myself? And, uh, and just knowing that that's basically what he's flying around the world doing, teaching yes. the functional range conditioning and um, the assessments and all those sort of things. And so uh, he's built a program for me that is just perfect for my lifestyle at this point where I know I can get a quote world-class workout and in my in my garage you know it's like I, I I'm trying to be as efficient as possible because I have a, a wife and my daughter's two and a half and so and now we have two locations so there's just a lot going on and I'm still trying to compete uh on the world stage in jiu-jitsu so at the highest levels with guys who are much younger and 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 maybe not have all the yeah, extra yeah, stuff not doing the extra stuff on. just mm-hmm. focused on training um and so it's kind of like well how am I going to compete and I think that's he's built me a program that I can do and feel confident that I can compete at the highest level and I'm in great shape I, mean, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life and uh more just like in a groove um so I do three days of cardio which is um and you're going heart rate, monitor, heart rate monitor, and it's longer stuff. It's not so much. Are you sprinting or doing any kind of sprints at all, or is it yeah, all long? Yeah, he's he'll program that in. Um, he'll program some some sprinting and some rest and recovery uh, within those. But a lot of it's just steady state. Keep your heart rate between 135 and 150 okay. uh, for for yeah, 45 minutes to an hour. So a lot of times I just do the bike, which can. I can kind of be lazy and watch TV as I, and I'm just watching, make sure my heart's in range. Um, so I, 
I do that. Usually that's kind of, those are two of my days and the bike's a little easier on your body because obviously jujitsu and uh, I'm doing a lot of wrestling right now. So, um, to complement the jujitsu is just hard on the body. So the bike is like an easy way to, to do the cardio without as much kind of wear and tear. Uh, and actually one thing I never, ever thought I would be doing is running. So he's got me running and I actually really, really enjoy it. Running is, um, just the, the meditative aspect to it, just kind of getting in the zone. I run down at Bush Park, um, which, I, yeah, I love, I love running there, just kind of in – especially when you're kind of off to the side when you run along the, the creek and, the, and you're in that wooded area and just like, yeah, I, I dig it. So usually I'll do that on Fridays, uh, same thing, heart rate monitor. I'll usually turn it up a little bit more with the running. Um, that's, that's when I'll kind of do a little bit more intense stuff. Uh, and then I'll do three days of um, kind of strength slash mobility – kind of bordering on physical therapy <laughs> stuff uh, so I think that the older I get the more I'm kind of seeing there's kind of a there's a thin line between uh, physical therapy and strength conditioning it's they should be going together um, it should you shouldn't f- be broken because of your strength conditioning unless I guess that's like your sport is you know if that's your sport maybe it's different and you know then uh, I guess that's a different conversation but I, I think yeah, definitely. And he, and again, just keep it simple. Like when I'm up with him, we'll do fancier stuff, but a lot of, he's kind of built me a mobility program. So usually I'll do hour to hour and a half of work and that'll start by like foam rolling and massage stuff, uh, before I get going. And then, uh, it will kind of lead into some mobility stuff he has me doing based on what my body needs. Cause I have some asymmetries from training jujitsu. And so like my right hip flexor is way tighter and like my psoas and on that side. So I'll kind of, I have some stuff that I focus on for that. And so, uh, kind of the mobility part of it, it's probably 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and then the strength side is another 30, 45 minutes, but it's pretty, uh, Pretty simple, yeah. Is it body weight stuff, kettlebells, a lot of body weights. Yeah, a lot of yeah, pretty much, yeah, all that stuff. A lot of body weights, um, pull ups, push ups. Basically, it's a pull, a push, some sort of core, and a squat. is is kind of like the the way he breaks it down for me. Uh, another thing I like to add just for jiu-jitsu is like some some isometric holds. So I like try to do a choke on my foam roller or like try to squeeze a medicine ball, like I'm like um, doing a body lock on someone or something. So I'll throw those in too. Um, but yeah, like the, the other day I did pull-ups, uh, and then I did a kettlebell carry and then I did ring dips for my, for my push. Uh, and so just something like that and just a little circuit go through three sets and whatever, five to 15 reps. Um, but I think, I think that it's become more in vogue to do fancier stuff, but I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, jujitsu is, and, and is hard enough. And so if I was to get hurt doing strength and conditioning, that would just be, you know, that would make no, yeah, yeah that would, that would definitely be really detrimental. So I, I try to keep it, yeah, safe. And like, you know, the strength that you're building is classic stuff. So, so you're doing, just to clarify, you're doing like three days cardio, three days of strength mobility stuff. So you're training six days a week. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, and then usually, I'll do jiu-jitsu with my students Monday, Wednesday um, in the night. And so – and then uh, Tuesday, Thursday, uh, I'll do my wrestling in the morning. And that's just a lot of technique. Um, just not – my wrestling is definitely has just a lot of work but I, to, to do, but it's something that I think is a, another tool. And just – I think the other thing you got to think about is, like, you know, we're in Salem. There's 
this is com- compared to other areas. J- Oregon Jiu Jitsu is very far behind. Where you're, t- if you're talking about San Diego, L.A., Miami, Rio, um, the warm spots. Yes, where <laughs> yeah. it's warm, it attracts very good Brazilian world champions. But yeah, um, but that's actually one of the things where I really liked, where I was kind of attracted to having Rafael as my coach because I was, I had just received my brown belt before I started training with him, um, and I kind of made the switch because it was. I, I, I did a seminar. Some of my friends, his first affiliate is actually in Seaside, Oregon. And that was kind of a random connection that they made with uh, my friends, Zach and Nate Adamson. Um, they run a great academy up there. And so they were his first affiliate. And so I went to a seminar where he was there. And we just and I just met him. And that was the, right after he had won Worlds at a black, as a black belt. So he became the second American behind BJ Penn. Um, and so I knew he was legit. And I had just won Purple Belt Worlds that year. So I was like puff my chest out a little bit let's see how good these black belt world champions are and i just got wrecked like it was not even it was it was demoralizing another moment where it was like you either go in or you just okay i'll just be recreational jiu-jitsu or i'm like gonna do this um and so there was a lot of beatings over the years uh that made me made me stronger but uh i got connected with him and that was something that i think was super one of the things that influenced me was that he was in Oklahoma City, which is, again, just he's training in the middle of nowhere. And I had no intentions of moving. I, I'm from Salem. I went to U of O for, for four years, but then I came back. I did uh, my master's in teaching at Willamette. And my, my wife and I just kind of just made sense. We just settled back here. And now the roots, the roots are so deep um, that that was something, yeah, like I said, I, this is someone who's gone where I want to go and is doing it from a similar kind of situation where he's not around other really high level, um, you know, world champions that are, that are around to, to do that. So it was, that was, that was definitely part of the calculation. So. Hmm. Okay. And nutrition wise, what are you doing with that? I want to circle back to that. Yeah, we, stuff too. <laughs> got, got off there um, on a tangent. No, it's nutrition right. wise. I've pretty much tried everything. Um, because when we first met, you were vegetarian. I was vegetarian I think. for about yeah. five years. Um, I got very into the zone diet for a while, which I think is great. Um, nothing wrong with the zone diet. I kind of, I would say, loosely do that a little bit. Um, but I think I was paleo. I've, I've tried everything. Um, I was vegan for a period. I think I've been. I've done low carb before, which I think is a great tool. Um, for like when I needed to lose weight, if I was doing weight class stuff right now, I'm, I hover right around my weight classes. I only have, to, I usually don't have to cut or maybe it's like a pound or something of the week. So it's, it's very minimal. But, um, I think for me, what I found is just balance. If I was going to say anything about nutrition balance, um, cause I think, you know, every, something different is going to work for everyone. Um, so I think there's a certain amount of experimenting that's, that's good. But I think what I've, kind of heard about it and I think I agree is it's more consistency so what is something that you feel like you can do for a long time but is going to keep you in a range that is um you know where you want to be as far as how you're feeling and and how how much energy you have so for me right now I I I would say you know intermittent fasting is like a big thing and I would say I I I I wouldn't say I truly intermittent fast because I'm definitely burning a lot of calories so i'll take uh definitely make sure i eat after i work out and stuff but uh i usually do some coffee in the morning and that'll kind of tide me over for a while uh and then 
I'll do a couple small meals before I go to the academy. So I'll, so I'll usually eat around like noon or one, maybe some eggs and toast or fruit or something like that. Um, just because my parents have chickens, so I get free, free eggs. eggs. So yeah, you got to go. take advantage. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just something, maybe some yogurt or something before I go to the academy, uh, maybe a smoothie. And then when I'm at the academy – I usually have like a perfect bar or something like some sort of something fatty, like cashews or something like that to tide me over. And then I like to kind of have a bigger meal at night now. It's just kind of what I feel like is kind of how I naturally like to eat, which I think with nutrition, you're going to hear people, people, everyone's got an opinion on it. Everyone will tell you something different. And I think what I've found having tried everything is that, it's kind of like, yeah, like what's going to work for you. Don't be afraid to experiment. Um, and and a, so there's a certain amount of habit building that has to go into it, um, which I think is something that, you know, taking baby steps towards where you want to be is good. Um, you know, if it's something where, cause obviously we get a lot of members that, you know, losing weight is a, is a big thing. So I just think like, you know, even if you're just changing the, the portions and those sort of things, um, just trying to, trying to uh maybe even like setting some limitations like okay like i'm gonna try to make sure like three days a week i'm not gonna have dessert i'll do that kind of stuff where i'm just like okay like shouldn't have dessert every day or whatever and so you know i'll try to i try to do those sort of things where just kind of giving myself some healthy limitations that i can actually do because it used to be like unhealthy where i just like okay no i'm not ever eating candy or i'm not ever having dessert and then it's like well, how, but how long, you know, and then you break it and then it's just like, okay, well, I already, already went to the other side. So I'm just, I'm going, you know? And so that was definitely something I would do a lot when I was, when I was younger, just trying to put super rigid, uh, parameters on what I'm doing. And now I'm just like, it's gotta be a lifestyle. It's gotta be, uh, I'm much more into like, what's going to work long-term. So that's kind of, that's, that's a typical day is eating for me. Um, and then, yeah, at night, like that's something that Dewey's, you know, it's like, what do you eat? Like if I'm going to have dinner, like I'll have a burrito or, you know, like I'll, if my, we'll have steak and potatoes with some, some vegetables or, you know, I, I don't, I don't try to like really like limit myself as, you know, I don't, but again, just try to keep it in balance, but I'll, I, I like to eat something delicious for dinner for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then circling back to the, talking about training with Lovato and getting smashed on, you mentioned another time in another interview where you were brown belt and you were training with him. You said he tapped you out 15 times in 10 minutes. And you said your first thought was, I should quit jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so I was wondering, because there's times like that, I think, in all of our lives where we're invested in something and you realize, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a lot more work if I really want to get to where I'm trying to go. So when you had that thought, obviously, you were kind of half joking, but I'm sure you did have, like, holy, sh what, what am I doing here? You know, like, what – what do, what do you do there to like okay i gotta pick myself up and keep going you know like what what kind of strategies you put in place to like make sure you continue because i would say a lot of people would just say you know i'm bailing on this you know so how do you make sure you don't do that like what kind of things do you do to make sure yeah i remember that i remember that specific incident because <laughs> he came yeah i trained with him in seaside and this was like the second trip that he came out and i was a brown belt um <clears throat> and we did like a and as a brown belt you're sorry to interrupt but you're not getting tapped out a bunch anymore like no. you're <laughs> that spot where you're pretty much most of the time you're going to be one of the big dogs yeah. in the room so to have that situations you're like oh yeah right? i was yeah. i would definitely was not used to just yeah 
you know, whatever you still, you, you, maybe you get tapped out, but it's not like, okay, once every now and then or whatever it is, but this was a different experience. But yeah, I remember him coming back out and we did like a three hour competition training and, uh, I was basically hyperventilating by hyperventilating by the end of it. Cause it just threw exhaustion. And that was the culmination. That was the finale. We were okay. We're doing a 10 minute round and it was just, it was just horrible. <laughs> I just got, it was just like, I couldn't do anything basically. And so that was a really, yeah, it was just an interesting, interesting thing to look back on. Cause I've had other experiences like that as an athlete. Um, when I was playing basketball, I used to be really into basketball and I had a point where I actually transferred, um, between my junior and senior year. And because I was like, I want to, I want to play more. And the coach and I had had disagreements and I was kind of a wild guy when I was, I was very, very into com- competing and like overly so like not, a, not a healthy, um, outlook on things. And, uh, the coach was kind of like, you're, you're not that good. And you, not really going to play very much so I was like well I'll go to a different team then uh and just kind of that I I think just like almost a little bit of rebellious um aspect to it where I was just like no I'm going to prove you wrong and I remember I was playing summer league and uh I had injured my shoulder and in the in the last game of the day in the the game before I didn't have any points and I just played horrible and I came back um I came back home and I was really upset about it. And I came and I talked to my dad and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm not going to transfer. I'm just going to stay where I'm at and I'll just not play sports. And he looked at me and he said, if you do that, no one will respect you. And then it just like that, I can, that's one of the most influential moments in my entire life. I think about it a lot. Um, that there sometimes you're just faced with the choice and I think it's like who and at the end of the day you know like obviously having the respect of the people around you is very very important and we were talking earlier like it's sometimes you think like I think as we get older we're thinking less about like what people who don't matter think because everyone's got an opinion and they're not really thinking about it and the people who have the most opinions are usually the people who are less concerned about improving themselves because that really is a thing if you're in if you're concerned about improving yourself you're not out there talking down about other people because you know how hard the journey is because the, the journey to improve yourself is probably the most difficult thing it's probably but I think it's also probably the point of why we're here is to try to improve yourself and try to do be a value to your to the other people around you in the community um and so I think yeah those, those that was definitely a very influential moment and I think that probably was one of the things that you know it took me I was took me a couple hours to come back down and I definitely remember having that exact thing was like I'm either going all in or I'm just gonna I'm not gonna do this and it was like all right then I'm going all in and so that was yeah definitely I think you kind of have to face yourself at the end of the day and like whose respect do you want to have the most your own yeah and so did that did that moment from when your dad said that to you does that play in your head when all that's going on with Raphael's just tapping you out over and over again is that do you have that like moment of realization or just sort of like from that experience is kind of built in you like I would say it was later on <laughs> I wouldn't say it was like in the moment in the yeah. moment it's like this sucks <laughs> yeah right and uh I'm getting destroyed and I'm not very good at this um but also like I think that's the thing is like having high standards like if you want to be good at something or do you want to be great at something or do you want to be elite you know and you're talking about one of you know I'm trying to 
I, it's like I want to be on this guy's level. He's a black world champion. He's like, one of the the best Americans and uh, jujitsu artists in general out there. And so that's the level I'm trying to compare myself to as a brown belt. And so it was kind of like, well, again, like, am I going to double down and, and do this? And yeah, that's what I ended up doing. And that's why I'm kind of on the path that I, that I am. But yeah, there, I think that's the thing about any, any journey, you're going to be faced with moments where you're just like, is it worth it? And you know, it just depends on how, how much do you want to do whatever, whatever your goal is, like how, how much you're going to be dedicated to it. Cause there is definitely truth in the fact that like, if, if you, when you meet those moments, and I think about it all the time in jujitsu, I talk about it with, um, with other people, because when you, you see people come in, they're they're gung-ho they're coming every single day and then the first sign of adversity something happens they don't get promoted they get injured you know any sort of difference um that throws them out of the rhythm and then just never see them again you know and i think they're they're, i've seen a lot of people uh, over my years doing jiu-jitsu um whether it was yeah training partners or as a teacher or whatever um that you're just like, what happened to that person? And I know for a fact that there's a lot of people who are more talented than I was, but I was just more obsessed with it. And it was like, no, I'm, this is for me. Like, this is what I want to do. And we were kind of talking about that. I think that having the passion for something is super important because that's also going to help push you, you past those points of, but there's always going to be, there's always going to be bumps in the road. You cannot expect to do something great without having some adversity happen. It's just not possible. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you're still actively competing as, you know, in at the top elite levels, but you've also been around for a long time. And I remember uh, hearing a story about Matt Thornton, who owns SKBJJ. He said he went to a seminar, I think, in 1993 with Hickson. Yeah, yeah sorry, SBG. Sorry, I own SKBJJ. Yeah, 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 my, <laughs> bad. my bad, SBG, straight glass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he was saying that he went to a Hickson seminar and uh, – Hickson said he would just tap everybody out with just using his legs. And there were six guys at the seminar, and he just went back through and was tapping everybody out with their legs. Do you have, like, any old-school stories about guys that you met, like, back in the day? Maybe, like, one story you remember from the old-school days where someone did something incredible, kind of back before jiu-jitsu was as popular as it was? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting because I feel like – I feel blessed to be kind of, like, the generation that was – kind of the one of the first generations I was or I guess I'd say like second generation of wave of American jiu-jitsu right. like my instructors uh were brown belts there was maybe one black belt in the state when I started doing jiu-jitsu right. um and that was like right when the ultimate fighter was going on so that was I had started maybe training like maybe six months to a year before that came out and so when that came out that just like exploded I think that was like a huge influence um but yeah just like the way it used to be is like very uh, jiu-jitsu is very different now. Yeah, you weren't doing jiu-jitsu back then because you wanted to get followers or because it was cool or it was just like you loved it, yeah. right? You loved it, and uh, and once you kind of get bit by the bug. But yeah, I definitely, I remember uh, like there was a lot of mysticism for about jiu-jitsu back then too. You know, it was like you there was like hoist and it was like something like a triangle choke was like this is literally magic, yeah. you know, which it is if you just it wasn't everywhere now you know like if you couldn't just look it up or it's like on espn now you're watching ufc um but back then it was like wow this is literally incredible what's going on but yeah i definitely remember my my first classes um my instructor was a brown belt and uh just going through literally everyone in the class but just like like nothing like nothing and you were talking about like one of my first experiences uh going with the blue belt i remember he was like a 150 pound blue belt 
and he was and I'm I'm yeah at that time what 215 right. I'm 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 definitely like a lot larger than this person and um I'm like okay like let's go or whatever and it was just like just going through me like nothing and uh that was when I set my first goal was like I want to get a blue belt in four years because that's like I was just like trying to calculate like how long is it going to take to be as good as that guy because he's like I'm not even that good so then it's like wow like getting a black belt must be like literally impossible you know so it's like definitely interesting thinking about uh thinking about that but yeah I mean if you like those old school stories like you can think of like you know Hickson his level back then was super high so you're talking and then like he's rolling with guys in Oregon that are like white belts it's like that's not fair (laughs) that's why that's why he's using no hands and that kind of stuff is like yeah I don't think you could really do that now like uh, the guys, you know, like a blue belt back then or a blue belt now, like they say, like a blue belt now is knows way more than a black belt then. That doesn't mean they're, you know, whatever. Like the, sometimes you see people are kind of disrespectful. Like I've seen like some polls about like who's the greatest and people will put Hickson on there. And then there's people who are like, oh, Hickson doesn't belong on this list, blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm, yeah, like there's obviously generations of uh, in any sport. But to say that Hickson's not the greatest is definitely like. Well, for his era and for what he did for jiu jitsu, like you, you can't, you can't, you can't talk down about Hickson. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the old school was was interesting. Definitely like some some dirty gyms and like dirty people. And I'm very into cleanliness now. So <laughs> yeah, all right. And what about the current state of jiu jitsu? I mean, because I know Lovato was big in the, I mean, a couple of years ago, and I've sort of been like on the fringe of jiu jitsu. I'm still kind of paying attention, but I'm not like as into it as I was before you know I see a lot more leg locks a lot more like leg attacks and I don't know if that came from like the Donaher guys or like but you know I know Lovato's big thing was he was he didn't like the stalling and guys trying to just work to win by advantages and stuff like that as tournament jiu-jitsu has kind of evolved what do you think about the current state of jiu-jitsu now yeah that's a great question it's definitely been interesting to kind of watch it evolve I think actually in general you see less stalling that was almost like kind of a phase where I feel like a lot of the the newer school guys it's almost like they're like more scrappy like there's like it's it's definitely like more guys getting after it um yeah no is becoming super popular um I think a lot of that's actually it's interesting to look at jujitsu and think about the influence that joe rogan has on it because i think 10th planet is super popular and all they do is nogi so nogi is super popular and i think it's a little more spectator friendly so um and yeah if you're allowing heel hooks that's one thing that tournaments that allow heel hooks it's become very obvious that heel hooks are very effective you know if someone if you can rip someone's leg in half like that's a legit attack so um yeah so there's definitely that kind of that end of things and then uh, and, and I, I've kind of agree with that. I think there's, it's becoming harder to be high level in the gi and without the gi. I think before you would definitely see a lot of crossover, like all the ADCC champions were all gi guys. And now it's getting a little hazier where there's kind of people who are, um, you know, you're seeing guys that they don't ever put the gi on or vice versa. Um, and so that's interesting. I, I don't, I disagree with that because I think in jiu-jitsu, the gi is kind of, the foundation and you should learn how to do it in the gi um and i think i like the way shanji uh talks about jiu-jitsu uh and the way you should train your jiu-jitsu because yeah there is definitely some very sport oriented jiu-jitsu um and trying to win and be very strategic uh which is fine uh but i think he the way he summed it up i I tell my students that same thing you want your jiu-jitsu to be good gi no gi 
time limit, no time limit. You want it to be good in a dark alley. Like you want you want your jiu-jitsu to like that's how you know you have real jiu-jitsu. If you were in an MMA fight, you could do jiu-jitsu, you know, like would you and so um I think that's the kind of because everyone's got a different style. And so I'll have students go, well, what about this? And it's like, you know, everyone everyone's gonna do things different. Our associations definitely and my instructors are more focused on sustainable jiu-jitsu that is going to work on a very high level for a very long time and so it's not a lot of it's not based on uh being really flexible or like trying to do things that are fancy it's but i think it and i kind of think about it like if you watch um some of the top guys like you've watched Kawhi leonard like he's not doing a lot of fancy stuff he's got a great mid-range game you know he's he's got great defense um and he you know so there's there's guys who can do fancier things but i think at the end of the day um, that's, I, th- I, I am more of the old school in that way. I think the biggest thing with jiu-jitsu that concerns me now is the social media side of things and people using social media to try to further their careers. Uh, and I think kind of to the detriment of the art, uh, almost kind of like a, like a WWF, like, like a, a professional, lot of trash talking yeah, like a professional and... wrestling vibe to it. And I'm, I, you know, like. I would see, yeah, like I'm a teacher and I'm mostly like I mostly teach youth. Like I teach more youth classes than I do adult. And uh, I think that's for me is like the the next generation of champions. There are some of the guys coming up that I think are more worried about themselves and kind of coming in that social media side of things than from like showing the respect, showing the martial arts side of this. And I think that's one thing that jiu-jitsu is kind of in between. It's kind of it's kind of like skateboarding or surfing. But it's also like a martial art, so you're kind of seeing this. It's an interesting cultural um, culture to be a part of and, and watch, and because um, there's people who are kind of viewing it from all different angles, which is cool. Um, but then there's also like things that obviously I wouldn't agree with uh, in certain ways. But in general, um, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, it's it's fun to watch the evolution of the sport and how it's grown and how it's become global. I mean, you can go anywhere in the world and do jujitsu now, so. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. If there was one person you could compete against right now, you're like I'd really like to. I guess should it be interesting, like ever, like let's just say you could pick, you know, Hickson at his prime, or you know, and someone today, like who would be your dream ultimate uh, all time match, and then who would you like to really compete against right now? Uh, I'd say all time. Uh, I mean, I've I've fought. That is one thing is like I've been around. I've, it's kind of interesting to reflect because now I'm kind of one of the older guys, which yeah. is which is weird. Um, and seeing this new generation of guys, I fought a guy uh, at American Nationals last summer, and he's like, "I watched you win black belt nogi worlds when I was a blue belt," and I was like, "You know," and like it's just and it's like such an honor to fight you, and it's like, "Oh, that's weird," because yeah. like coming up as a blue belt and watching these guys, and like I, I you know, I've been on a similar, you know, it's it's a cool thing to 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 you know you're, you end up fighting these people that you're idolizing um so i fought a lot of the, a lot of a lot of the top guys but i would say a ton of them i when i was going yeah. back watching your matches i'm like oh my gosh yeah guys in ufc this guy's an adc yeah. world champion yeah. you know what yeah. i mean it's like it's yeah it's been it's been a ride uh i would say hodger though he's always been uh, outside of obviously my mentors i would say he's been my favorite to watch and just love his style and just like the minimalism the simplicity and just the ruthless effectiveness of just pressuring someone mounting them choking like his jiu-jitsu i think is definitely 
in the gi, hard to argue that's not the best ever. So that would be it would have it would have been fun. He's retired now. Yeah. Um, he did he he definitely did it the right way too. He he tapped the current world champion Bushesha out in a super fight and then retires. Um, that's a that was definitely a pretty gangster way to finish the career. Um, just like just so you guys know, I am the I am the greatest yeah, yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say currently. I don't know. I don't know if there's really anyone out there that I see now that I'm like, I have to have a match with because I will, you know, it's like at some point I'm going to, you know, I know that at these big tournaments, you, you're always, you're always crossing the, crossing off the, or uh, against the, the best in the world. And so all the guys I see out there that I haven't fought yet, I know it's just a matter of time. So I don't know if there's really anyone um, that I see out there now that I'm like, I have to have that match because It'll happen. It'll, it'll happen. And that, that kind of brings me to my next question because, you know, you even said when you were a blue belt, you ended up in blue belt worlds against Luke Rockhold. So it's like this crazy. So you've been in this space for a long time now where you're just competing against like the the best of the best at all times. Have you learned anything? Like, because I'm assuming that that group of people function a little bit differently than just, you know, your average normal average joe like what have you learned from being in that space that has maybe surprised you or like what's been different about being in that space yeah it's definitely interesting uh being around the elite guys because there's definitely been some tournaments that yeah like adcc or some some of these uh super fight tournaments that they've had um just that i've spent time yeah around around the best uh in the world and competing against them being being in that group and it's definitely it's interesting because I, I definitely feel like my approach is very different. I've come to understand that uh, just who I am as a person is, and, and my goals as a person are, are different because I think when I was coming up, only thing I cared about was trying to win medals and, and it was all about jiu-jitsu. And so now when I kind of see the younger guys, like you said, like being an older guy now, um, it's like, oh, I remember. I remember you. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember I remember that stage where I was like so nervous because this is just like everything and I have to prove that I'm on this level. Um <clears throat> and uh so yeah, I think I think now it's kind of yeah, being in being an elder statesman, it's kind of like just about balance and uh having fun and enjoying these these years and trying to um yeah, I, I wouldn't say right off in the sunset, but try to try to stay at the highest level I can uh, for as long as possible. And and so I think it's it's a little different because I see those a lot of those guys like jiu-jitsu is what it's jiu-jitsu. Like they don't, there's a lot of them are not married. They don't have kids. They don't have businesses. They're like all in jiu-jitsu. Um, and so I, there's definitely a huge part of me that respects that. And I almost kind of like see like, oh, what if I would have gone that path? Um, but I, I don't ever regret the way I did it because my goal has been more to take care of my family and make sure that I, that is super strong and the important people in my life um, who are going to love me whether I do jiu-jitsu or not like most of my best friends could care less if I do jiu-jitsu they really like they never ask about tournaments they're like oh worlds was the other day oh cool you know like it's just it's and so it, it's, that's interesting um, and so it's almost like it, the way I have approached it is a little a little different than than the guys um that I, the, most of the guys that I see that like they're flying every everywhere each week and um, but I can definitely appreciate that um, yeah that the way they've approached it in that way and uh, so yeah it's an it's an interesting group it's definitely like kind of a little little brotherhood and you, you're seeing the same guys uh, I think the biggest thing is just 
the respect that's there, you know, is that even at this point when I'm losing, if I lose a match, I can, you know, before it'd be devastating where now it's like, obviously I wanted to win, but I know how hard these guys have to be working because that's how hard I've been working and I've been doing it for a really long time. So, you know, I'll get you next time or whatever it is, you know, it's like, it's like, we'll see each other again. And, and, and so it's, it's that, that respect and uh, I guess understanding that like, you know, you're, you're so similar because you're pursuing, you know, it's like other people who've taken the jump where it's like, I want to go all in to try to be uh, a black world champion. And so it's interesting to kind of observe each person's, each person's path and the way they've tried to do that. And, you know, Oh, I remember when you were here and now, wow, like you've blown up. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to observe, but yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And I want to talk about your success or your life goals and your business goals later, but right, right now, what are your Brazilian jiu-jitsu goals like currently? Yeah. Right now, uh, I worlds was in June and I had a super fight that next weekend. So I'm kind of like kind of taking it easier this summer and like trying to, trying to, trying to spend some family time and, and take it down a notch. Um, but really I think right now, uh, when I think about for the year and for everything, part of it is like staying healthy and, and, uh, making sure that I'm able to stay at that high level for as long as possible. Uh, specific goals as far as tournaments, uh, definitely Nogi worlds is, is kind of the, the one that's in focus right now. That'll be towards the end of the year. Uh, I got second last year, uh, and definitely would like to get first this year. <laughs> and so I've been, been working towards that. Uh, and then the Grand Slam in Jiu-Jitsu, uh, that starts in January at Europeans. So I did Europeans last year. I got third. It was uh, just a great experience. I got to go over there with my sister. And so trying to enjoy the travel aspect and kind of like the whole thing instead of like before I'd go to a tournament and just like, all right, I'm just gonna. I'm not doing anything. I'm I'm only focused on the tournament. I'm only, um, you know, I'm not gonna go sightsee or anything like that. And now I'm like, no, I want to take the whole thing in and kind of, I guess, just less pressure on myself, and so I can kind of open up and enjoy more. So uh, that will be in January, and then and then Pan Ams is in March. I want to do Brazilian Nationals. I've never competed in Brazil, uh, so. I needed to make that happen. So I'm going to try to do that. That will be in May and then worlds is in June. So that's kind of, so right now it's kind of a little off season. I'm still training and, and doing stuff, but it's kind of more time to focus on um, my family and the, and the academies and, and growing some of the programs and tweaking some things here. And then we'll be ready to go towards the end of the year. Okay. And then the last jujitsu question, I thought you said something interesting. in One of the other interviews, you said that you're like, everyone's jujitsu says something about them. And, you know, it probably changes over time as, as you change. So what is your jiu-jitsu saying about you right now? Uh, I would say, like, at this point with my jiu-jitsu, uh, I would say that it shows that I've been dedicated. <laughs> shows that I've been consistent. Uh, definitely been evolving. And one of the things <clears throat> that I feel like where I'm at with my jiu-jitsu too is that I've been simplifying and then you kind of, when you're first learning, you're trying to expand and grow and get as many techniques as possible. And now I feel like it's kind of coming back to a point where I'm like, I don't really want to use that many. I want to kind of specialize in a few things and really like sharpen a few blades instead of having uh, a ton of different things that I do. I feel like Dewey always says, be brilliant at the basics. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like definitely. That, that same idea. Yeah. And I think that's like true of through all sport. And uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of where I'm at with my jiu-jitsu is just like 
uh, and, and just having fun with it. Just having fun. Just like I feel like right now I'm enjoying jujitsu as much as I ever have. And probably because I'm not putting as much stress on myself that it's like I know that I only have a certain amount of years left to be able to compete at the highest level. And I want to enjoy it. And I want to be – and I want to also enjoy – my family and and the academy and I feel like I finally reached a point where I'm, I'm figured out a, a, a kind of a, I always think I call it the matrix right there's a matrix of uh, or like an equation that you, you have to kind of tweak all the variables to where it's like where how can I achieve in all three of these areas instead of just competing because that's one of them but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to reach the top and win a world title in jiu-jitsu that I would say is my overall goal is to win a world title in the gi I've done it no gi um which is still prestigious, but it's not as prestigious. I mean, that winning it in the gi is there's only uh, been a handful of Americans. It, well, until a couple of years ago, it was only two Americans who'd ever done it, and now there's now there's four. So um, it's definitely still a, a big thing where the Americans are trying to keep up. But uh, but yeah, I think yeah, thinking about what my jiu-jitsu says, yeah, have fun and uh, have you noticed any better. impact in what uh, like the have you felt like since you're enjoying it more, you've actually improved more than when you were really grinding and put like, has there been any impact on your progress because you're enjoying the process more? Definitely. And I, I'd say like now I, I've talked about it with some of, uh, some of my friends who are black belts and some other athletes. And it's, I'm almost, I'm in kind of an interesting point where I, I can tell when I'm overtrained cause I don't feel like training, <laughs> you know, it's like, if I don't feel like happy to train I know that there's probably something like I'm probably overdone it um and that's I, I would say that now yeah like if I I can feel it like in, in my performance like if I'm not if I don't feel like training and I'm kind of just like uh, I'm like burnt out for whatever reason I just I might as well not train because then I'll go and I'm just like man my my results are horrible but then if I, my body feels good if I feel fresh and I feel my uh, my mind feels uh, I'm in a good place. I'm happy. I just feel like I'm like on fire now. So it, it's like a very interesting thing. But yeah, I definitely would say that I feel like I'm as good as I, I, I feel like I'm better than I've ever been. And that I think is a big part of it is like not being overtrained, not being broken down, not being like, okay, I have to train because I said I'm going to whatever, like it's Tuesday. So this is what happens. And so now I think that has happened less though, as I've been able to kind of reach that balance of like, okay, what is the level of work that's sustainable that I can, that I can continue at a high level. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then now let's transition more into like the business and life side of things. One of the things you mentioned in the interview, you said the process for success is always the same. What is that process? Uh, I think when you're looking at getting successful, I think for me, I kind of think about it like the the values of my academy, uh, enjoyment, right, is like a big thing is I want people to have fun when they're in class because the next thing is consistency, right? You got to be consistent. You have to be working towards your goals constantly. And that I think, again, when you're working towards your goals, sometimes and I notice in myself is, like, again, it, it's like shifting down to marathon speed, you're not, you can't be, it's not hundred meter sprint speed. Like very, very rarely is success going to happen in a year or six months or what like, you know, there's going to be times where you might have to work harder than others. But I think it's like, what, uh, you know, where I, I want to be a great artist. Okay. Well, what, where you probably, the point where you want to be is probably like 10 years down the road. 
So it's like, what is the process to get there? And I think, I know there was like a real famous um, example they were talking about. Uh, There's the race to the get to the South Pole. And there's two expeditions that were going and one, they went 20 miles a day, no matter what. And the other tried to go as far as they could based on the conditions. And the one that went 20 miles a day every day got there first. And I think that's something where it's just like consistently putting in that work. Um, But I think, again, thinking about this, what's the sustainable level? What is the level that you can do? Because I'll talk about that with my students. It's like, maybe it's twice a week. You know, maybe if you can consistently come twice a week, that's way better than coming five times a week, getting burnt out, taking two weeks off, coming back. Like, you know, so it's like whatever you want to do, I think you just got to be consistently putting that that time in to get where you want to be, keeping that persistence up. Uh, and then I think it's about seeking people who are farther down the path. You know, it's like what you're saying, these co- the coaches that I've been able to find uh, and build these connections with um, – that wasn't by accident. <laughs> right. like, I, I knew that these guys, you're talking about um, the the best, some of the best Jesus practitioners ever. Right. So it's like, I want to be as good at Jesus as I could possibly be. So if I can build these connections with these guys who are at that level, that's going to make me better. Uh, and so I think that's another thing is like seeking a mentor, seeking someone who's at a high level um, to push yourself. So I think that that's kind of what, yeah, enjoy it. Stay consistent. Find someone who's better at it than you are. <laughs> you know, okay. just staying, staying reflective, staying in the process, and eventually, I, I think success has got to be inevitable at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now you've owned the gym, SKBJJ, for how yes. long? Uh, we're coming up. Uh, it's been eight years. Eight years in February. So we're whatever eight years and eight and a half years basically. Okay. So take me back to eight years ago. Okay. You're teaching full time. You know, you're, you're married, you've got stuff going on, you're training still a ton. So what you decide, okay, with all this full stuff I have going on, it'd be a good idea to start a gym. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so take me through that time period. Because, I mean, I was thinking through that. I was like, man, that must have been just a crazy time. And then you decide, okay, hey, I wish to start a gym too. Yeah. It was a crazy time. Yeah. I uh, I was teaching. I was in my second year teaching, so I was horrible at that. Uh, just grinding through anyone who's been a teacher your first few years are very rough that's why a lot of people quit the job because it's a very tough job to to gain your skills at and kind of cut your teeth so uh that was going on I'd say just like just ambition like I was just like I want to conquer the world was definitely like in that 22 year old 23 year old stage where I was like no nah, like I want to do it all I want to take over maybe I was 24 yeah, so I would have been 24, still 25. Young. Yeah, so still young. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, still young and definitely like in that mode where I was like, no, I can do it all, um, which was definitely foolish. But at the same time, it was, I think that period is necessary where you got to like, you got to kind of, you are like, that is one thing about success is like, you're going to have to grind at a certain point for sure. But that shouldn't be like forever because you can't do it forever. Um, but yeah, I think that was definitely just, uh, there wasn't any jujitsu up here. And so when I moved back, I was trying to piece together my training. So I was like, if anything, I'll have a place to train. And and so that was kind of like – and I remember I talked to one of my friends. Uh, his parents own uh, a, sex, a successful business in town, and they were basically like, that's a horrible reason to get into business. <laughs> like, you got to get – it's not a good reason to get in business. Like, oh, I'll have a place to train. He's like, that's that's going to be, you know. But uh, so it was, yeah, just an interesting, interesting time. You know, it was like just kind of like – just jumping in and just let's see if let's see what happens and uh those first two years were 
pretty rough. Like, and we're talking like if we're putting like details on there, we're talking like sixteen hour days. We're talking like, I mean, and that's like the norm. That's not like every now and then we had to do this. This was so. Can you kind of talk about the hardest point of that, and how do you stay focused on here's the goal, the end goal is to get here. How do you keep pushing through that time when it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, there was definitely some 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 tough days. Um, I would say just like definitely the passion of it. Just like I love doing jujitsu. I love. I guess the big thing was just like seeing myself improve. So I was seeing myself improve as a teacher, and that just made me more excited to try to improve as a teacher. I saw myself improving as a jujitsu practitioner and, and having success at the lower belts and at these tournaments. Like just so that was driving me for sure. It's just like when you see. I think that's a big thing. Is like celebrating the little successes, you know, whatever your path is, whatever you're trying to do, if you're making improve, you're making progress, like you got to celebrate that. You got to, and then like, you got to use that as fuel to get to that next, the next thing and, and keep building on it. Um, but yeah, I think it's so, I don't know if I started out like thinking of myself as an entrepreneur. I didn't know if I was going to, I don't think the plan was to quit being a, being a teacher but like I said it was just like I could have a place to train and this could be kind of a good thing but those first two years were really rough I didn't know and and, and I think that's the thing is anyone who's started a business and has been reasonably successful at it which if you can feed your family because you own a business then you're successful (laughs) you know I was like you have my like anyone who is able to do run their business full-time and they can support a family like you have been successful and like definitely anyone who who owns a business you're gonna have that respect for someone because um i'm part of we're part of the small business development center through Chemeketa and we've been with them for four or five years now and uh you're just kind of in a cohort of other businesses and so there's probably 30 other business owners that come and you and different different topics each month and you get some advisory hours as well and so you're just kind of seeing all these other stories of businesses in the mid valley and how they're doing and you know the struggles and so i think that's part of it too yeah just like being connected with other businesses other other jiu-jitsu academies i'm i have friends with at least a dozen people who own academies and understanding their struggles um, has definitely been been super important part of uh, the journey. So those those first few years super rough. I ended up quitting my job because I was like, I either got to go all in or I got to go back to teaching because it was just too hard to do both and um, the business was not being very successful. And I think it was just because it was kind of just split um, splitting my time. Um, and so it was just like, all right, let's jump in. Let's just see what happens. My wife was still teaching. So she was, we knew that was stable and had health insurance and that sort of thing. And so kind of hedged the bets there. And like, if it works out awesome, if it doesn't, you know, my teaching license is still valid for a few years. Like I'll, I can go back. Um, which I don't know. I mean, some people like burn the ships. I kind of, I didn't exactly burn the ships, (laughs) you know, but that's not necessarily my style. So, so that was kind of like the early years of the business growing into like, okay, this is my, this is what I want to do professionally. And then kind of going from there. Yeah. Cause I'm always fascinated sort of by those, those leaps of faith where you're like, okay, we gotta, we gotta really do it. So you're teaching full time for two years or four years. You decide, okay, now's the time to really try and take the leap. Do you have any like, I, you take the leap, I'm sure, and then there's, I'm sure something doesn't go the way you planned it, as all business owners will know, like, especially early on, things that you didn't, you didn't think about, stuff comes up, and so, how much, how many times are you looking like, man, did I really do the right thing here? Did you have those moments, and when you had those moments, like, what did you do to kind of deal with that? 
Yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think there's, there's definitely, there's been different stages, uh, owning the, owning the business and kind of, yeah, like going, getting into it to seeing it grow and, and getting to where, where we're at now. And, uh, we just opened our second location nine months ago. And so, um, just the learning process that, that has taken place, but there's definitely been a lot of moments of that just, but I think it's also kind of like, you know, my dad's funny, like, you know, at the end of the day, like there's a reason, reason why it's called work, you know? So there's definitely those times too, where you're like, you got to work, you got to, you know? And so, you know, if you, if you're going to make it happen, like keep pushing. And I think that was kind of part of it was just like, you know, if this is something I want to make happen, then make it happen. Like keep, keep going. Um, but yeah, I definitely, so there was, I would say that there's that two year point where it was like, all right, I got to go all in, I'm doing it. Uh, and then, and then there was, and then we kind of started having success and business started growing. Uh, and then, and then it got to a certain point where it was like, okay, this is too big for just me. My wife quit her job and she, she went all in. And so then she's, so she's, I've been doing it full time six years and she's been doing it full time for for a little over four now. Now, was there some fear in that too? Because like you, at least you like you were talking about, you had the health insurance. There was at least a st- steady income. Now you're both taking the leap. Is there a little bit more of like? Oh yeah, uh, of course, you know, sure. <laughs> of course. There, there. And so I guess I'm curious to know, like, how do you guys deal with that? Like, what do you? So you're there, like, should we do this? Okay, but like, what, what do you do to like really say, okay, I, I believe in this, and I think this is what we should do. You know what's the oomph? Like, how do you get there? Yeah, it's interesting trying to trying to go back to to that point because now it feels like a world ago because because we have been successful, especially like these last three years have been have been a real breakthrough um, to where you know you're kind of like is this we are trying to kind of talking about like business being almost like a fire where you're like using all this energy. There's sparks. Oh, is this going to get going? Okay, it's going, but it's all right, we got to like scramble to make sure we get something on top of it so it's going to keep going and then it's like okay no this is established like we have something here this is going to work i would say that was probably more of a three three years ago um kind of feeling that way but obviously with business you, you never know how things are and we're, we're i'm kind of i like to calculate things out and and try to be conservative but um yeah, as far as like what the exact thought process was, I think it's just kind of that continual. And I think again, like getting comfortable with that that discomfort of like I'm feeling nervous about this. I've but there's thinking a lot about okay, what are the benefits to what we're doing? And I think also at that point, you know, this is a business that runs at night, basically. I mean, our, we basically operate from 4:30 to to 8:39 every night, and so my wife was working during the day and I was working at night. And so that was another challenge that kind of came up. So then you're reaching. So then it was like, okay, well, you know, if we're going to be able to spend time together, we gotta, we gotta make that change. And so, um, based on the success that we'd had and also some mentoring for sure from, uh, actually Lovato was super important in that time. And just like basically, cause he had been down the path he has had a successful academy for a long time. His dad owned the academy before he bought it from his father. And so they've been doing it for a long time. So he basically was like, look, man, like you have the ingredients, like you can do this. So, th- so having that mentorship was also super important. That basically like someone else who believed in what yeah, you were and doing. had been down the path. And it's like, look, mm-hmm. you have all of the things that you need to be able to make this happen. And so those, those sort of, yeah, there was definitely part of that. And I think like, 
again, like, do you have a backup plan? Like we kind of made sure we had a backup plan because then it was like, okay, well now you're going to be full time. And then if that doesn't work out, well, then you can go back to teaching. So it was always like, always had an insurance policy as far as like, and, and again, like everyone's got a different opinion on that, whether you should have it or not, but we kind of did it in stages where it was like, okay, open it. We're both secure. You know, if it doesn't work out, we still have our jobs. And then it was like, okay, I'm going to transition. And then, okay, things are going better now that I'm here. And then it was again, like making the decision that, you know, having her full time too, and all that energy. Cause I think as far as being successful as a business, she's been huge. She does all the back end stuff, all the appointments. Um, and, uh, definitely just, you, you can't underestimate the woman's touch <laughs> on a business, like, and, and someone with such like complimentary skills, um, to, to what I had. So I was like able to focus more on the teaching end of things. And she kind of focused on the, on the other, on the other stuff. Um, and kind of being able to divide the pie a little bit easier. And then from there, it just kept growing with her. And so it was like, okay, this, you know, it's like obvious that we made the right choice because it just keeps growing and it's getting bigger and bigger. And so then that was, then the natural next step was like, okay, we have one in Kaiser. We, we want to be able to service everyone in town. Like we want everyone to be able to, because we live in South Salem. I grew up out there, and so to be able to drive all the way across town to Kaiser to bring your child to a class or come to a class um, and then drive back if it's rush hour, you know, nowadays it's just taking too long. So that was kind of the process behind getting the second one was like, okay, well, now we have opportunity. We found a, found a location and that was going to work, and, like, we want to be able to have people be able to uh, come from South Salem and have classes as well. So, yeah, it's just been, like, a lot of a lot of stages and just kind of, again, like – I would say leaps of faith, but not like not blind, leaps. not blind leaps. Yeah. yeah. Like always knowing, okay, you know, if this doesn't work out, where does that put us? If this work is out, where does this put us? And so we were just like, okay, it's, you know, what's, what's the risk reward here and, and just kind of going from there. And, and that's kind of the path we're still on. You know, it's like, as we, as we grow, as we understand our business better, as we understand how to uh, service our members better and, and kind of keep building the team uh just it's a continual learning process for sure i think and i think jiu-jitsu and being a martial artist has been such a huge part of that because you're used to things not working <laughs> and it doesn't discourage you you're like well yeah okay well i gotta practice more i have to find out who's doing this technique better like what am i missing oh i'm missing that detail okay and then you try it again oh now that worked better you know and you so you're just kind of continuously trying to upgrade the the systems that you're running and the classes that you're teaching and like how does this get better and so now we have a team because that's the other thing is the team has been building as we go we have a, we have a great team a great staff and like I think that's something that you I've also come to understand is like you just you can't do things alone I used to always try to do that way like I'm just I'm gonna superman this I can do like yeah work these 16 hour days and do all this and it's like no like other people have great skills and and can really add to what you're doing and that's one thing that's really cool about small businesses I think that our instructors and our staff, they have a, there's, there's a buy-in because it's, it's, you know, like a micro business you know, it's not like a thousand person company. It's like, we're here and we're doing this together and the sort of feedback you get from the parents and, you know, it's like, there's never, there's not really anything in life that is as satisfying as someone saying, you help my child. And so, you know, there's other people that we're now it's like, that's my goal now is to try to train my instructors and they, they are doing a fantastic job is to try to train them. Uh, and they're, yeah, just continually growing and run, and now, cause now I'm, I'm only, I'm not, I'm teaching less than half the classes cause there's two locations. And so, um, that development has been, has been fun to see is like, not only, um, 
this having the the skills and the development of our students but also of our staff and kind of trying to improve their lives through our business and 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 again pushing that out into the community um so it definitely all works together as, as kind of part of a, a greater goal hmm. when i thought it was interesting and it, to me it was like that because you've been putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions but you know you build a sustainable business and that's like the the goal right like okay that's one location we're able to provide for ourselves okay this is great and then it's like hey why don't we just take another risk and like <laughs> yes open the other you know and so like again have like you know because that there's uh four or five six year gap between the opening the first location and the second location right? even longer i think yeah okay. seven so yeah did yeah, you yeah. Know, did you notice a difference in you know like maybe like kind of your mindset between opening location one and opening location two because it's still I'm assuming had to be scary because oh yeah you're you're putting at risk this thing that has you've learned how to do this one way and now you're like adding on to it yeah you know was there and and we're part of some different business groups we're also part of a martial arts um, business group and I again I have a lot of friends who run academies and a lot of the advice we're getting is like. Basically, second academies are a horrible idea, and we're just like, I don't know. We 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 did a lot of work with our advisors and <clears throat> just kind of thought about the way we were going to run things. And I think one thing that's different is we have the two of us. So it was like we, we you know we kind of split our split our time between the academies. But the big I think there's also that theme of just like anything you want to do and grow, there's going to be that it's going to be uncomfortable. And and that's really it was a different set of challenges opening the second one and the biggest thing was from for me personally was like really trusting our employees really trusting our staff uh that they're going to do a fantastic job and they have and they've really responded and it's just it's fun to see them grow and like again see their lives change from being able to work here and so that just feels amazing because that was something that like that's just like another level of, of the business to be able to like offer. We have uh, employees on health that we have offer health insurance for. We pay for the health insurance, and uh, like there's just these things that like it feels good to be able to give back to them. And but th- that was a big thing was just like, okay, is the business me, you know, and or is the business like us? And what we so created. you have you've even grown like I mean you talk about like giving back and all but like it's helped you become better as you've learned to trust other people and sort of delegate and give some of that stuff away yeah definitely definitely yeah. definitely and I think that's again like that's the process of that like we're talking about getting back to that that feeling of like Ugh, like it's just like all right we're gonna figure this out because I think that's the other thing is you got to trust yourself is like if you are a good person you have good intentions you're smart you're probably gonna figure it out. You're going to, you're going to figure it out. You're going to find someone who's going to help you figure it out. Like, and, and so that's the thing with taking risks too, is like, you know, the sort of faith that you have. And I think that's what it came down to was like, okay, like, is this going to work in like having faith in, in, uh, our staff to make it happen? And they really have like, because yeah, it's just like the, now the, the operation is, is too big for just, you know, it's not, that's the thing is, yeah, it's cool to see it. And I grow, you know, you're seeing these people as students. So these, the people who work for us, it's it's different because they're not just you don't just put out. We we personally have hired from within. So these are people who are students, and I'm seeing them, you know, grow as human beings and as martial artists, and then they're working for us, and it's definitely been really cool. But I think that's, yeah, that's been it's been a learning process. It's been a growth process, and so then it's just like, you know, what is the next? What's the next thing? You know, and like it's I think that's what's cool about doing doing what we do and being an entrepreneur is just like there's just 
the opportunity to kind of take it in whatever direction you want and like what are you passionate about what do you want to do um and kind of constantly that that reinventing of yourself and growth and learning and and so yeah it's it's been a it's been a when I reflect on the eight-year journey it's it's been interesting <laughs> you know it's been a, it's been a lot and I just think about who I was eight years ago to to now and where my family's at from eight years ago and just kind of like just like the sort of life and even like the town you know Salem is is a town is just like blown up you know and that's like it's it's fun to I don't think I grew up thinking like oh Salem is my community and now it's like no Salem is my community like these are these are my people like this is where I want to live I love it here and like I want to be an asset to my community and I want my students to be educated in a way that they can go out and they can be more of an asset to our community and improve our community and that's like yeah it's it's fun Hmm. And just a couple questions here, but a couple more. So I think when you first started doing jujitsu, you probably didn't think, oh, I could probably make a living off of this someday, right? So, I mean, because at that point, there there wasn't really a way to do it. Like, I mean, there even UFC guys weren't making any money. There was really no such thing as, like you said, you moved up here. There was no academy in Salem. So, I mean, so for people that are pursuing their passion – you know, and they think, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, do you have any advice for, because at the time when you were doing it, you just did it because you loved it. But at some point you realized, oh, hey, I can make some, I can probably make a living doing this. Um, you know, do you have any advice for people like pursuing their passions to kind of know, like, is this something I should keep doing? And also when's the right time to like take that leap? Yeah. I mean, that is definitely true because that was, and again, that's kind of like been my strategy is to like kind of hedge my bets because i after I made the finals at Blue Belt Worlds, or that was that was 2007. That you know I was into jujitsu, but when that happened, it was like, okay, I just got that was a that was the second tournament I ever did. I did a tiny tournament outside of Eugene. I was basically just guys from my academy, and then I did the World Championships, and I got second my first time because I remember going down there. I was like, I hope I just win one fight, and I ended up winning six and making the final, and uh, I lost I lost on points in the final. And then once that happened, I was just like. No, I, this I'm I'm I want to be a black world champion. That was immediately the goal. That was like okay, no, I want to try to, I want to try to do this at the highest level. Um, and so yeah, I think you, the, the, as far as like making money off of it, that was definitely like there was academies, but I don't even think the academies yeah. were making yeah. money. You know, yeah, it was like right. it was more just like you're giving back and like you know you want a place to train type thing. Like I was talking about earlier, and just I, it was never like this could be an empire or something, you know, which is still not my goal. Like my goal is to, yeah, like I'm not trying to be worth a hundred million dollars or something. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, but, um, as far as like following your passion, I mean, at the end of the day, it should be its own reward. You know, like I know Joe Rogan's talked about that with his podcast and, you know, you hear different artists where it's just like, I was just doing it cause I liked it, skateboarders and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it blows up. And I think jiu-jitsu is kind of in that space because, you know, people didn't really know what it was. And then all of a sudden it comes on the scene and then, uh, in the early nineties and then as it started, and then, so that inspired a first generation of people. And then, and they really weren't doing it for money. There was mm-hmm. no money yeah. in jujitsu yeah. at the start, you know, and then maybe in the early two thousands, there was, there was more, it was becoming more familiar. People were, you know, again, like the, um, the start of the UFC kind of blowing up with the ultimate fighter. That's when I think and being on TV, that's when instead of pay-per-view, I think that kind of pushed it farther. But, um, yeah, I definitely didn't think I was going to be making money doing it when I was a blue belt, but I wanted to, <laughs> you know, it's like, I wanted to, and I actually think about that when I'm thinking about my academies now is I'm like, 
how could I have created a position for my 21 year old self to be able to be successful through jujitsu and have a career in jujitsu? Like that's one of my goals with my business now is like, how do I create careers for, for some of the people who are really passionate about it? Um, but uh, yeah, as far as monetizing your passions, that's, that's a really tough thing. Um, I would say like, cause that's the thing about jujitsu that is interesting is like the professionals. It's still, I mean, it's professional, but it's still not anywhere near like, again, like I, I think surfing and skateboarding are kind of like the closest other sports to it. You can kind of compare it to, but the sponsorship money is, is not near where those guys are getting paid. Uh, I think it, could be destined to get there like i mean jiu-jitsu i don't see any reason why it's not going to explode and continue yeah. to it already has but um there's different there's different models there's people doing it in different ways i did it i mean i was a teacher so then it made sense to to open an academy but um that's why yeah i was a blue belt and i was like okay well i and i was going to school and i was like well i'm just going to keep going to school and and i have to make money and so i kind of again i was kind of doing both and i think that's i don't think there's anything wrong with that you know there are people i want to be i want to do music it's like there's there's a lot of hours in the day there's nothing wrong with going and working and then doing your music on the side um you know that's there's nothing wrong with honing your craft that way because if you're spending four hours a day you know before you go to work after you go to work um who knows where that can go you know, so I think there's, there's definitely building that, building it that way. Uh, and then I think, yeah, observing what have other people done or where is there an opportunity? Uh, cause yeah, like jujitsu, there's people who do online videos. There's people who have made, uh, yeah, who have academies. There's people, well, there are some trust fund kids too out there. There's definitely, there's some guys who have rich parents, but, um, that maybe that, uh, helps a little bit, but I don't know if that helps you in the long run, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, kind of like, and that's one thing that's cool about the world we live in now is with social media and there's, you know, there's ways to get exposure that there was never before. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I don't see any reason why you can't do both for a long time until you figure, okay, what's the next step? I mean, that's how we did it. We stepped, but I know that, you know, it's not as popular as saying just like go all in. Right. But that's another strategy. Like there's guys in jiu-jitsu who lived at the academies, had no money, just like grinded. And that's much more of a Brazilian thing. Like that's one thing is like most Americans aren't used to that kind of level. Like a lot of these guys come from poverty. So the sort of drive they have is insane. And so they're willing, yeah, I'll sleep at the Academy. I'll mop the floors. Like, you know, so that's a strategy too. And then if you make it happen, you make it happen. So yeah. (laughs) And what about, what do you have a couple like business goals, life goals that you're currently working on? Like what, if you had to pick like maybe one or two business goals, you're really focused on one or two life goals, you're really focused on what would those be? Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always, I think goal setting is like just an interesting conversation because I've, I've had different things and I've read Think and Grow Rich and like a lot of the kind of personal development books. And I think goal for me, goals again, can kind of push me out of balance a little bit if I'm yeah if I'm like too like this has to be it's more like I I kind of try to focus on like three projects at a time that kind of go into my overarching goals um and really like I I actually heard like the Dalai Lama said like uh you know like be happy and help others those are like kind of the goals is like those are your human goals and it's like yeah so like I have a I have a it's called a self journal I actually would recommend that to to people it's a great way it's a good planning tool 
um, and kind of can plan your day. Or, and it's like a three-week. Is that something three online? Month. Yeah, you, you can get can online. Get yeah, okay. self-journal. If you just type it in, you can find it on, on the internet. But um, I, I like that. It's a good it's a good planning tool. But it goes like quarterly, which we run our business quarterly. Like uh, there's promotions every, every three months here. And so it kind of makes sense to just kind of plan them together. Um, but, yeah, I think – uh, as far as goals, I try to kind of just always think about that. Like, am I, am I happy? And am I doing something that's helping, helping the world? You know, like, am I, am I doing something that, that matters? And like I said, I think if you're helping kids, you're, you're helping the world and helping, helping people, uh, adults get in shape and, and feel that sense of community that we're, we're losing, um, kind of as a country and with, with more technology and that kind of stuff. So, um, I think there's just so many benefits to it. But, uh, I guess as far as like my goals right now, um, the, the, the things I have, I have a home project, actually I'm, I'm redoing my deck. So I'm kind of like, I do, that is something that has been on my list. Um, cause we have, we have a pretty big deck and it needed a lot of love. And so we've been working on that. Um, so that is like a personal goal. Uh, and then for, as far as the business, we're trying to retool what we're doing with the adults. And we were kind of talking about that. Yeah. Like, uh, trying to make it easier and a little less intimidating for people to get started. So we have a six week course now that we just launched to try to get people onboarded and started as a group and feel that community. So you're not stepping onto the mat with, I don't know anyone, or I don't know anything about the classes, um, trying to kind of stair step them up and educate them, uh, about what jujitsu is and kind of show it to them in a better way before they jump into that fundamental program. So, uh, and then, yeah, we're trying to maybe create another level of adult class. So that's, but that's kind of our focus now is kind of shifting from our youth program, which I think is, is very strong, uh, and, and kind of launching a second location to where now we're, we're focused on the adult program. So that's kind of a a second goal. That's kind of my main business goal right now. Um, and then a third goal is kind of mastering, I would say my weekly skeleton, um, which is, or my skeleton week, which is like, um, basically like what do I want an average week, a normal week to look like and kind of filling it in. And that self journal has actually been a good, good tool for that. Um, and, and cause I feel like after worlds, I kind of got a little bit, um, I got a little bit fired up and I was overtraining a little bit and a little kind of out of balance. And like, so I was just like, I feel like I've had times where I've been really locked in and where I feel like I'm accomplishing in all, cause I want to be on a high level in all three areas my family, friends, I want my personal relationships to be on a high level. I want my business to be operating on a high level and I want to be able to compete at a high level. And so it's like, I think when I think about my goals, I'm kind of always thinking about how am I filling those buckets? Um, and, and I think that's the thing is like, what are my three projects right now? And those, so that's like, okay, I want to get those done and then move on to the next thing and like kind of breaking those down. Um, cause otherwise I think it's just like, there's so many things to do. Yeah. And that's actually something I would do as a teacher it's because I was pretty horrible when I started. When I, my first year of teaching, I was very, very bad. Um, and so I got kind of just where I was like basically trying to learn techniques like martial arts. So I was going to these different trainings um, and I would just like, okay, I'm going to practice this this week. And I would just focus on one thing. I'm, I'm going to try to get better um, with this one thing this this week. And uh, the, I actually really like the book, Teach Like a Champion, for all my, my teacher friends out there. That was so they're like picking something out of there. It's like 50 different techniques they have in that book. It's like, all right, I'm going to focus on this one thing and try to get better at that. And then, okay, what's the next thing? And so I think that kind of made it a little more 
then I, you know, you're again, you're stair stepping your skills up instead of just like I want to get better at teaching. Like that's too big a goal, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, obviously that is the main goal, but it's like, right. what are the goal subsets? So small parts that lead to that. Okay. So I think for me that that's kind of it's like right now it's like what are th- what are my three main projects that are pushing my goals forward, and then what and, and kind of again doing it in a way that's like the marathon pace instead of trying to trying to sprint because you know want to be able to enjoy life and be successful you know it's like i think sometimes you, people will sacrifice the enjoyment and the happiness to, to try to get somewhere which i think is you gotta be careful yeah which brings me to an interesting question what what is your definition of success yeah i think when i think about what success is um i think we we kind of have as a culture the disconnect a little bit where it's like kind of only financial um and being teachers like we were, I think like when I was going through my master's program, I remember them saying, talking about kind of the eight different sources of res- or eight different types of resources that a child could have. So there's uh, different, uh, obviously financial resources is one of them, but it's not the only thing, right? Having family resources, having community resources, having um, people that you can rely on and trust. So um, emotional resources. So there's different, um, there's different ways uh, that you can, you know, it's not just about money. And I think that that applies to, to life and like what, what makes someone successful. So for, for me, like definitely like feeling good about my contribution to the world, like feeling like I'm doing something that is making it better than what I left it. You know, I think like we are kind of losing that where it's like, there's kind of a lot of just like the world is the world is terrible and like I'm you can kind of run into people where it's like that's all is like the world is horrible and just like okay but like what are you doing about it <laughs> you know it's like no I'm just here just saying how horrible it is like yeah yeah I don't know that's not that's not for me you know I want to feel like I'm trying to do something because at the end of the day that's you know this this experience is um too big for any of us to really like no so it's like if i'm doing something like again if i'm doing something to help kids if i'm doing something to help my community that makes me feel good on a professional level so i think that that's like a big part of it and i'm lucky to be able to have the career that i've had and be a teacher um so i think that's a huge part of it and just being being able yeah be happy on a daily basis be healthy those are like because i i do a little exercise like that's actually in the self journals like three things you're grateful for and it's like my my family and friends my health are always the first two always because it's like just what you know those are those are if you have those things you're blessed you know it's like you're you're blessed and and there's always a reason to feel that way so I think it's like having gratitude is so important um and 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 I think just like yeah just spending time around the people I love like that's having having like the schedule obviously the hours are a little strange and like with a business it can just be like every hour is business hour and so my wife and I've had to kind of like navigate that while also um making sure we have family time but we get to spend time with I get to spend time with my daughter every single day and like quantity time and quality time that like I know is like a very big blessing um and so she's she's two so I'm just thinking about like just trying to savor that you know and so like that's an interesting component to the business It's like making sure you obviously like getting stuff done for the business and working hard and, but like also like, yeah, enjoying that time. So, so yeah, I think that's kind of it is like, yeah, being, being happy and helping other people. Like what, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's really much else. Hmm. 
Okay. And then last question before I ask, shout out the Academy and whatnot, but um, if you had a billboard, what would that billboard say? <laughs> a billboard. Um, That's interesting. I think as far as like uh, just like a message to the world type billboard. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. I think <clears throat> probably just uh, meditate. Maybe maybe that would be just like you know uh, love more. I think you just. I think that's actually been one thing I've been I've been dedicating time to me- to meditate this over for over a year now, um, very consistently, and even just ten minutes. I think I think that's definitely something where it's like trying to get out of your own head and just kind of take a take a step back take a breath and like then again because I think that's the th- I think mindset is so important as far as like what are we trying to accomplish and there's just like we don't have that much time um and do you have a practice using headspace headspace you- yeah okay. I just use headspace and yeah, I know I know like it's fantastic every, everyone it. has different like meditation apps are horrible and like mm-hmm. that's fine too like you know yeah, that's yeah. the thing is like I, but I think overall it's obviously doing a lot of good because it's a guided meditation. It's simple. You can click on it. Boom. It's, it's like whatever, six bucks a month or something. And it's like, I, so I, I've, I've used it for a while and I like it, but obviously that's, there's, there's a million things you can do for it. But I think even just like some quiet time, some chance to just like relax, to get out in nature, whatever it is where, um, but I think having a little bit of time to, to kind of, you know, think about, think about, I guess, observe your thoughts more than like, just I'm thinking this, so I'm, or I'm feeling this. So that's like, I'm going to put that out there. Cause sometimes it's like, I'll, I'll, and now I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm driving and I'm getting upset with the other drivers or something. I'm like, okay, what's going on with me? You know, like, where am I at? Like, why, where is this frustration coming from or something? And so I think that's kind of like something that I think we could all be better at. Obviously it's just like, you know, we're, we're blessed. We're blessed as a country. And like, doesn't mean things aren't, don't need fixing, but like fix them and, you know, like, yeah, try to fix them more than complain about them is what I would say. <laughs> you know, what do you, what are you doing to push the ball forward more than just like, you know, life sucks. Like, I don't know. All right. And then finally, where can people find out more about what you're doing, about the Academy? Like if they're looking for information on what's going on, how do we find it? Uh, SKBJJ.com is our website. Uh, we also have our Facebook. Um, so there's we have an adult page, uh, and we also have uh, a kid's page So um, for, for both of our programs. So uh, those are great place, places so to see. So you would just search Salem yeah. Kaiser Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Yeah. And then look yep. for either the kids or the adults. Yep. So that's okay. that's uh, our, our. And Facebook. do you have families that train together? Like the we kids do. train and the parents. Yes, we have. And then, yeah, and we're definitely a family-oriented gym. Um, and definitely uh, think it's a it's a beautiful thing. One of my my favorite memories from childhood is wrestling with my dad. Just spending hours, with my dad get home, try to tackle him and stuff, and uh, and I think it's just like those sort of connections are. It's awesome, and that's really our vibe. Is like. I'm all about family. Um, we call the team, you know, SKBJJ family because it, like, you know, I think like I have my daughter, I have a child in Kaiser, and I have a child in Salem now. You know, it's like these are these are my babies. Um, my wife and I like this is this is our life. Like I I have my people and 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 I have and I have jujitsu and like that's that's what I do. You know, like I, I I'm very like this this matters to us, to us a lot. You know, and and being part of being a positive part of their lives. So. Um, so yeah, but those are, those are good places. Uh, I also have my personal Instagram, just, uh, James Popolo, P U O P O L O. Um, so that there's that I 
post a lot of jiu-jitsu stuff on there um so if you're interested in kind of like seeing what jiu-jitsu is that's a good place to see um but yeah we do trials they're very big on like the trials are usually fairly inexpensive um and so it's a chance to either get yourself or your child on the mat try it out we try to you know very very uh i would say like just try to keep the environment as positive as possible and just like, you know, relaxed and kind of that, you know, want you to feel at home and uh, just see what you're getting into, you know, see if your child loves it, see if they're getting the benefits. Um, Cause I'm very confident that if people take a test drive, they're going to understand how powerful jujitsu is and, and uh, be able to make a good, a good decision and, and whether it's an investment they want to make. So, yeah. And if they want to take a test drive, can they fill out a form online and have someone yeah. called or like, what's the best way for them to like, get connected with you like on a real like not just check it out online but actually check it out yeah yeah if you go online you can buy the trial and once you're in the tri- once you buy the trial then the system um my wife will contact you you get an appointment she can give you the rundown on everything um there's also if you would like to just email questions it's uh info at skbgj.com so that's the the uh, email you can message at and my wife's good about messaging back Email is usually the best just because, yeah, with a, with our daughter and trying to kind of maintain a, a family life, the phone can can be a little bit hard. We try not to answer the phone outside of business hours um, just to kind of, again, kind of keep that semblance of normal life. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, if you go on there, you can get the trial. Or if you want more information, you can just email that. Or, of course, obviously, welcome to stop by and, and uh, check us out. We have two locations. Uh, the north location, the one in Kaiser, is 4122 River Road North. Um, so that's Kaiser. And then, uh, we also have a McGillcrest location in Salem, which is two, three, four, five, uh, McGillcrest street. And we are, uh, in suite one and two. So yeah, come check both us out. Both are easy to find. I hadn't <laughs> been here before today. Pulled right up. No problem. Yes. So. Well, yeah. And if it's not, you'll find it once and then you'll know where it's at. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you being here today. Thanks, man. Yeah. My pleasure. All right.